everybody, I'm Nick Groke with the Denver Post, here with Cameron Wolf of the Denver Post. This is the first End Orange podcast, all things Broncos. It's a very important week for the Denver Broncos, facing the New England Patriots. Three more games for the Broncos this season. They're 8-5, and five. Uh, 11 wins gets them in the playoffs, 10 wins is really pushing it, 9 wins and they're toast, probably. So starting this week, a very crucial run for the Broncos and a very difficult task in my eyes, the best team in football, the New England Patriots, coming to Denver. They're 11-2. and two. Uh, History, though, is on the side of the Broncos, Cameron. Since 1968, they were the Boston Patriots then. Since 1968, the Patriots have won three total games in Denver. Wow. That's not very good. Wow, that's not good at all. Two of those games came in the Bill Belichick era. Uh-huh. The two games that the Patriots have won in Denver under Bill Belichick – Broncos quarterbacks were Danny Cannell and Tim Tebow. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of history uh, is on the side of the Broncos here. However, a difficult game. I think it's a toss-up. The Patriots are a three-point favorite. Broncos are a rare home dog. Um, three points is not a lot. Uh, I think it's a toss-up. I think every game remaining for the Broncos is a toss-up, basically, um, even into the playoffs if they get that far. Uh, but let me just ask you straight up. Do the Broncos have any chance in this game at all? Yeah, I think they do. I, I think I'm, I'm sort of on your side um, with this. You look at this game, and this is a game that these two teams have been really the class of the AFC for the better part of this decade. Um, and every year it's been the whole season waiting to see who gets the better of who. Um, so when they say it's Patriot Week in the locker room, you kind of feel what that means to them. You know, this is yeah. different. You know, players always say, hey, it's just every game is the same. You know, it's just one week at a time. All the different cliche stuff. But you can feel that you give a little extra ump for Patriots Week. The preparation is different. Um, the way you go after it. And just the, the other side of it, knowing that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are on there is going to be different too. So I think this is a game where you won't have to worry about the Broncos being getting up for it. Yeah. You don't have to worry about the Broncos you know, being ready for everything that the Patriots throw at them. The reason they lose this game, if they lose, is they just weren't the better team. Yeah. Um, and I think that ultimately is going to be the question, whether or not – and this is a team they actually match up pretty well with, um, but whether or not they can contain everything the Patriots do well and really disrupt their diverse uh, offensive gameplay. Yeah, let's, let's start with uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots – Offense, not so much their offense, but how the Denver defense will go against them. Uh, the Broncos defense remains about like fifth or sixth, basically, in the NFL in points and yards allowed. They're very good. They're one of the best defenses in the league. I, I still think they're the best defense in the NFL. Um, but they are 29th in the league stopping the run. If I'm Bill Belichick and I'm not, and he, there's no way in hell that he'll ever listen to anything I ever – he shouldn't listen to anything I ever have to say. But if I was him – I would honestly God run the ball fifty times in this game. Right. Just let Legarrette Blunt just like do everything. Right. Um, it keeps Von Miller away from Tom Brady, uh, and it it could, you know, potentially just wear down the Denver defense. Um, do you think that that might be something of their game plan? And then how do the Broncos counteract if that's true? Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that's a, a a very likely option. I think the Broncos think so too. I talked to Chris Harris, and he said. You know, they could go and goal line like other teams do and just try to pound it, and that takes us out of the game. You look at the Broncos' big playmakers, and it's 
Chris Harris, Keep Talib, Von Miller, Demarcus Ware, they're all big in the passing game. They get off when opponents pass the ball, whether in third and long situations when Von and Demarcus can get after the QB or when Akeem and Chris can make plays on the ball as well as TJ and Darian. All these guys really excel when teams throw the ball. So when you don't throw it, they're sort of, you know, playing what they're watching, you know, and you're counting on the front seven, which have been, you know, lesser, less dominant players, less, less of playmakers to really carry the defense. Um, and that's really, you know, ideally where you think you attack this team. Um, so the Broncos definitely, I think their main goal, and obviously it's tough to say with Tom Brady in there, but stop LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah. He's the f- first Patriots running back with over a thousand yards in five seasons. Um, they've really been up and down with their backfield. They also use James White and Deion Lewis as passing backs. But Blunt's really the power guy, 250-pound guy who's really going to grind it to you. And this Pats offense line is a lot better than it was last year. So yeah. they may pull out the game plan from the Raiders or from the Titans and say, hey, we're going to run it and we're not going to stop until you stop us. Yeah, the the Broncos beat the Patriots twice last year, which is nearly unheard of against a Bill Belichick. Nobody beats Bill Belichick twice in a season. Right. Um, but the Broncos did last year. That Patriots team last year ranked 30th in the league in rushing yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Patriots this year, I think they're seventh, sixth yep. or seventh. They're yep. much, much improved running the ball. Right. And I've heard a lot about the offensive line being improved for the Patriots, and it is it is true. They're, they're vastly improved over last year. Uh, I still give the advantage in a pass rush situation to Vaughn Miller and DeMarcus Ware, but – what I don't know is if they'll even get a chance. Mm-hmm. What what have, what did you hear from Vaughn and Demarcus uh, this week about how they might kind of approach things with with the Patriots? Yeah, no, I think the key, the key is for them this week, and obviously we talk a lot about um, Brady and what makes him so great. But one of the better things that makes him great is that he gets out of the ball really quickly. Yeah. Um, he has one of the quickest releases in the NFL, and he really knows. Um, you know, obviously the AFC Championship game is a little different, but knows how to feel pressure yeah. and um, get rid of the ball very quickly. Um, so I, I think their their big dilemma will be: Do they have a chance to get to Brady? You know, do they even have the time? If Brady's checking down for those five yard slants and and really just picking up and nickeling and diming this, this defense, then that really prevents them from really getting off. You can't win if you're the ball's being released one second after. So it'll be really on the defensive backs, on Chris Harris, Akeem, uh, Bradley Roby, to play really tight coverage, press coverage, and really ensure that, that they have to go deeper. They have to complete their routes so that Vaughn and DeMarcus can get time to you know, unleash that pass rush that you know destroyed Brady in that AFC Championship game. We're, we're going to argue about some coaching things here in a minute with the Denver offense. But for a minute, Broncos defense um, – what do you what What would you do? Would you Would you bring T.J. Ward basically have him in the box the whole game, yeah. um, and let a keep just go one on one and just be like cross your fingers and let <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, it's yeah. not the worst idea. They do have the two best corners. Yeah, no, no, I'd agree. Um, I think that's a great plan. I think I would treat T.J. as a linebacker this yeah. this week, and I'd go one high safety. If you beat me with a bunch of deep balls, then hey, it was your day. Yeah, you know, you got. Receivers on that end, and, and, and 10 times out of 10, I'd take Chris Harris, Akeem Tlaib, and Bradley Roby over Julian Edelman, Chris Hogan, and Malcolm Mitchell. Right. We were the, the uh, Patriots' top tight uh, receivers. So 
play man-to-man on the back end, have Darian Stewart as the one high safety, and play with a four-by-four four four box, you know, a three-by-five three box, you know, with TJ coming in. And I think that really forces them to have to beat you deep. And once they do that, maybe you loosen up. But you have to show them, hey, we're not going to let you run the ball for five yards of carry all game. That's right. not going to happen today. Right. And, you know, nice catch by Chris Hogan. Basically won the game for the <laughs> Patriots on Monday night against the Ravens. But come on, Chris Hogan. Like, if, you, if Chris Hogan beats you, then maybe they deserve to win. Um, but flipping to the Denver offense, um, they continue to struggle. The running game is dead. It's, like, long gone. Um, I don't know if they will or even if they should uh, even try to revive it in any way. There are things that you can do to, to simulate or stimulate – not stimulate, to simulate a running game without actually – handing the ball off to a running back um you can let you can let them catch the ball out of the backfield whatever it is but running the ball off tackle is not working for the broncos they had 18 yards against the titans their third lowest rushing total it was completely terrible i mean that's the only word you can i mean it was it was really bad (laughs) uh so first of all before before we get into the maybe the reasons why and and the implications going forward what do you th- should they keep trying to run the ball? They've got to. You can't be one dimensional and yeah. win in this league, um, and you can't inflict a guy like Trevor Simeon, still a first year starter, to throw the ball fifty times a game yeah. behind that offensive line. He's not going to survive. Um, he's not going to survive, and it's not going to be good for you. You know, he threw the ball fifty times against the Titans, and he actually played pretty decently, but they scored ten points. That sort of shows you exactly what you get when you had that sort of scheme. They had a 19-play drive that took up 84 yards in over seven minutes and ended in a field goal uh, because they couldn't run the ball and they couldn't convert in key short yardage situations and third down situations. So those are the scenarios where you really have to be able to run the ball effectively, particularly. Um, They don't have to have five yards of carry, but they have to be able to have a defense respect them enough to say that, hey, we're not going to play nickel and dime all game. And that's really what teams have been able to do to say, hey, these guys can't run the ball, so we're going to, you know, we're going to play the pass, we're going to stop the run, make them one-dimensional, um, and then see what they do. Um, whether it's better play from Booker and Forsett, um, offensive line, they just yeah. need to get it together because two yards of carry is not going to cut it against this Patriots team. No, and well, like we just said with the Denver defense, you know, running the ball keeps, <laughs> keeps pressure off your quarterback. Right. Um, Trevor Simeon, I think, has been hit. 100 times this season, basically averaging 7.7 hits per game. I think right. it's the I think that's the highest mark in the league. He's right. basically getting thrown around, knocked to the ground more than any other quarterback. Um, he he's I, I was really concerned last week that he might not even survive the right. season. Yeah. Uh, but he did really well against the Titans. But he, he cannot keep, he cannot continue to get just blasted uh-huh. um, and running the ball. Even if man, even if it's frustrating to watch. Even right. if they're ga- even if they end up on a third and one, don't get a first down. It at least keeps some pressure off the quarterback. So I, I suspect you're right and that they'll keep doing that. It would just be so nice to see some just some variety mm-hmm. if that means more screen passes, more you know, splitting your running backs out wide, just whatever it is to make just just rinky dink West Coast offense. Uh, you know, you don't have to. Th- you don't have to have serious. You don't have to have complicated route schemes or whatever. You can throw the ball in a in a kind of running attack, basically, um, and still get the job done with your running backs. But bottom line is, they still need to be able to run the ball. It's going to be very difficult. Um, but 
what 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 is the let let's step back for a minute away from this Patriots game specifically. What's the root of the problem here with the Broncos offense? Because we're now in the second, we're almost two full seasons into the Gary Kubiak regime. He's he is essentially the boss of the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, calls a lot of plays. He does not cede he does not cede the offense to his coordinator Rick Dennison in any way. Right. He's he's in charge of the offense. Are we seeing a problem with personnel for the Broncos? Does Gary Kubiak not have the personnel to be able to do what he wants offensively? Or are we seeing scheme problems from the Denver offense? Because some, some weeks I go one way, some weeks I go the other. I, 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 don't, I, th- I think we, we ha- we're, we're beginning to collect enough evidence to begin to approach this topic thoroughly. What, are, what, do, you, what do you see? Yeah, no, I, that's, a, that's really interesting because I think that the answer to that question is really determines where the Broncos go from here. Yeah. Um, because if, if, it's, if it's a talent issue, if it's – Tyson Brelo, Max Garcia, um, Michael Schofield, Russell Kuhn, Donald Stevenson aren't good enough to be a starting five offensive line, then that goes on Elway to get you better guys in this, in this group, and you sort of have to make it work with what you have. If that's the answer, if, if Devontae Booker is not really going to be your eventual starting running back or he's not there at this point, your, your, your offense line isn't there yet, and you're really leaning on the play of your two receivers who are the two stars. If that's the answer, then then this season's sort of a, a you're trying to get the best you can out of it. Yeah. And really you have to focus on the offseason off on really fixing those areas. But I think more, more likely than – and I think it is a bit of talent, but I think more than anything is scheme and, um, in the whole ordeal because um, even if – these guys aren't all-stars, and by no means is Tyson Braylon an all-star. Um, at some point, you have to look at what can we do to get these guys, get the most out of these guys. Um, you look at Tyson Braylon, second-round pick. Um, you know, uh, Russell Okung, a guy you spent money out in free agency, as well as Stevenson. Uh, Max Garcia was a middle-round pick. These are guys you you invested resources in these guys. Yeah. So soon, you have to look at. Is the offensive line coach Clancy Brown doing his job to get yeah. these guys ready? Um, are we putting you know um, squares into a round peg? Yeah. Are these guys not fit for our system? Are we so stubborn with our system that we're not able to shift into what our players are best at? Um, and that that question is is what's going to have to decide you know whether or not this offense can get better. And I'm not sure if they can figure that out in season. I'm not sure how much these coaches are um, susceptible to listening to their players and what they see out there on the field and what could be switched and what could be altered. Um, because a lot of times we look at games and we're like, this is predictable. Yeah. I could have saw this call coming. It's third and one, and they're going to run a stretch zone yeah. to the right side and get stuffed. Yeah. It happens every every, <laughs> every game. Every game. Um, they start this game the same way. They hit two, two throws and a, and a run, and they go three and out. Yeah. Um, it's nearly every game. So sometimes predictability um, is on coaching and yeah. scheme, and you have to be able to get out of that because the league catches up yeah. um, to these sort of things. Well, on – on paper, let me ask you this because I th- I have an answer to this. On paper, don't not even, not even from what you've seen in recent weeks, whatever. On paper, is this offensive line more talented, talented than it was last year? I think it is. I, I, mean, I, th- I think they sh- I think they're underperforming. Is basically where I'm going. At. Yeah, no, I I think you're right. I think um, I'm not sure how much more talented or or even if they're 
um, a, a starting five caliber offensive line across the board. But I would say they are more talented because you just break at it. Last year, um, they had Michael Schofield playing right tackle, which obviously isn't <laughs> yeah. his natural position. Right. He got benched that time for Ty, Ty, Ty Columbus, who's right. now doing radio and retired. Yeah. Um, you got guys like Evan Mathis and Luis Vasquez. Luis Vasquez out of the league right now. Evan Mathis is on to reserve. You got guys who are, both of those guys are over 30 yeah. who are just sort of slugging around through injuries. Yeah. And this was Matt Paradis' first year as a starter. And at left tackle, you had Ryan Harris, who's now a backup in, in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. So I, I think definitely you were kind of held up by veterans. Um, and I definitely think this group has more talent. The one thing you could say about that group is they were more veteran, yeah. and they sort of can make things work. So um, I don't think you, you can say for sure that there's a wash that Sembrello can't play or that Schofield can't play or Max Garcia can't yeah. play or Kung or Stevenson can't play. I mean, if you're saying that, you're saying that you whiff completely on your draft personnel and your, your free agency personnel. And I just don't think that's the case. I, I think yeah. they're at least decent players uh, in that group. I, I, don't, I don't know if San is ever going to be a player. But outside of that, I think there's, there's some decent players in that group right. that are, are at least, you know, can make it through. And uh, that just hasn't been the case. The, the, I, I think bottom line is they, the players the, the players arrived. There, there were players given to this coaching staff to improve the offensive line, and it has not improved. However, if there's one, if there's one ray, one crease of possible hope. Uh, the the Clue Mac game last year, where he ran over Michael Schofield yeah. and completely destroyed the Broncos. Well, I think that was week. I think that was week 14. Yeah. Which is where we're at right now. Right. And after that game, the Broncos' offensive line somehow like snapped into some they just like all of a sudden figured it out they played really well the rest of the way especially right. in the playoffs right and that's where we're at right now um i forget who they played after the raiders last yeah. year but i can almost guarantee you it was not as good a team as the as the patriots right, though right, so right. uh so if the, if this is the time where they suddenly figure it out man they have they got their work cut out for them against the patriots um outside of the outside of the offensive line um, I mean, you you've you, you've touched on this already a little bit, but I mean, is it do do we need to see some more adjustment in the offensive game plan? Um, they've had one. I think they've essentially had one good drive right. in the first quarter all season again, and it was against the Saints. Yeah. Um, that that on that drive they were pretty balanced, but they came out they came out they they were more balanced and. But it, it it was a it seemed to me in my memory correct me if I'm wrong but they sort of set up the run with the pass they didn't there were some they've there have been some games this season where they very oddly just throw a, a ton to start a game and right. they never get into a rhythm um, what, do they need to be do they can they stick can the can the can the game plan stick to what it's been all season long and the Broncos get to the playoffs do they need to make a giant adjustment at some point i think you have to save your season and right. just go for it uh i don't know if now's the time i think it's the time i mean they need to be winning these games yeah. and yeah. and are they even capable of this I right know. i think the most telling thing to me um and you could take this one way or the other and i took it the way i'm about to go so clearly that's just my perspective but um i've heard a lot of people recently in the last few weeks um coaches and players say describing this offense that it's the same 
it's the same that it's always been. It's the same as how Kubiak had it two years in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I asked Justin Forsett earlier this year, how much of this playbook and offense is the same? He said 99%. Yeah, wow. um, and that's good for him because yeah. he can catch up and, and get know everything in a week. But the fact that your offense is the same exact thing it was two years ago, the same exact thing it was four years before in Houston, um, is good for continuity. Yeah. But at some point, the league catches up. some point, the league knows, all right, when we play Kubiak, we're going to get this. So that's how we're going to play it. And I'm not, I'm not saying they don't have any other spark in there, but it just seems like too often defenses know what's coming, right. and they're playing that. Um, and, and, and I hear a lot, and Kubiak always says execution and, and, and those sort of things, and, and a lot of it is execution, but it's hard to execute when a guy knows what's coming. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there is something to say about um, switching things up, doing something out of the norm, and that doesn't mean necessarily trick plays or anything like that. Because um, they did have a trick play that went well with the Riley Dixon, yeah. um, which Deacon Miller said that was Kubiak's call. But I, I think that offensively, you got to do something a little bit out of the norm. If they think that you're going to run this zone scheme on third and one, maybe you have a bootleg out of there where Trevor Simeon takes right. it and runs for the first down. Or maybe you have a jet sweep where Emmanuel Sanders comes across or, or something of that sort to kind of keep the defense off balance. Like, whoa. I haven't seen that on film. Yeah, I'm not sure how many plays that the Broncos have run this year that the defense has ever said, I haven't seen that on film. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, no, you're right. And to that point, though, also, I don't know if – have we seen a good game, a good complete game from the Denver offense this season? I don't think we have. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't think so either. I mean, there were some – Pretty good games. I mean, Cincinnati was a, a pretty solid game. Yeah. I think that probably was the closest thing to a, a complete offensive game. Um, but you know, that other than that, I haven't really seen like this this offense clicking where yeah. they felt like they were moving and all cylinders and moving at ease and they really had full control. Yeah. They've had it at drives at times, but sooner or later the defense clamps down on them. Um, and you, I, I'm not expecting this offense to be a juggernaut or anything. No, this no. defense is clearly built on their on their defense. But at some point, you got to help out. There's no reason you should lose a game against Tennessee where your defense holds them to 13 points. Ten, they score 10 points. They you score, can, that's where. That, that, come that, on. That, there's no way. Yeah. There's no way. And I know the defense struggled a little bit with stopping the run, but at the end of the day, they they made the stops they needed to do, and they held them 13 points. Right. If you hold a team to 13 points, you should win that game 10 times out of 10. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, and and 13 games now, which is how many we've seen from the Broncos this season, that's a good amount of evidence. Yeah. I mean, we we can state confidently that their offense is not working. I mean, right. there's 13 games in. Yeah. Three games in, maybe small sample size. Right. 13 games is a fair sample size. Uh, and they're going to need to do whatever they can to get into the playoffs because, I mean, I still think – I mean, I pe- people – I keep – I. I keep saying this, people, and people mm-hmm. keep looking at me funny. Right. But, man, they get to the playoffs, they could beat I, – I put them up against anybody yeah. because of that defense, because yeah. of exactly what you said. Yeah. But they got to get there. Man, they got to yeah. get there. No, you got you to get in the, in the dance to play, really. Yeah. And um, I agree. I think there's no really intimidating team um, that they really face. I mean, New England is probably the best of the bunch. But without Gronkowski um, and, and the Broncos match up really well against them, yeah. I don't know that they can't – beat New England in the playoffs. Even yeah. if they have to go to Gillette, I don't know if they they can't beat New England. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they can't beat Kansas City or Oakland um, if they have to go there. I, I, but they got to get there. Yeah. And this is a really tough stretch. I heard you mention it earlier. I, I, I've got the feel that if they go 2-1, and one, they make it. Um, just based off how the, the other teams are playing and how the tiebreakers will work out. You know, they still they still run into some areas where they could lose in a tiebreaker to the Ravens if the Ravens went out um, but lose the division. Um, but I think if they I think if they shoot for two and one, they make it one and two is going to be really tough. Yeah. Um, and, 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 I, and, you know, obviously, oh, and three, they're out. But, you know, they're really in a scenario here where this shows and Talib said it best. See where you at game, yeah. you know, see if we really think we can win this championship or if we're just ready to go back to the crib in January. Right, right. You know, um, it's it, see how much hunger. Are we happy with our Super Bowl ring? We've got a Super Bowl, you know. We had a solid year. Let's go ahead and try it again next year. Or are we saying, hey, let's give everything we got. Uh, let's see if we can fix these issues. And we might be flawed, but we were flawed last year. Right. So let's, let's see if we can get these last three games um, and have them go in our favor and, and see if we can mess up some people's parties. Yeah, no, right, exactly. And, uh, yeah, man, if you ever want to test yourself, if you're a team and you want to test yourself, man, against the Patriots, yeah. that's how you do it. Uh, be an interesting game. Uh, Tom Brady, I think, has a sour taste in his mouth after last season because he got thrown around. Yeah. He looked like Trevor Simeon getting thrown around last year. Uh, 17 hits. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, that was a monster game for the Broncos' defense. Um, and it still came down to the very end, to the very, very end. Rob Gronkowski was basically open yeah. in the back of the end zone. Mm-hmm. Didn't work out for him. Yeah. And the Broncos ended up winning the Super Bowl. Uh, so plenty to plenty to play for. I think plenty plenty for the Patriots to play for in this game too. They're not. It's not yeah. like they're going to mail it in. Yeah. No. They they've got home field advantage on the line, and they yeah. saw last year how important <laughs> home field advantage was. And even though they won't likely be going back to Denver. They don't want to go to Kansas City or, or Oakland. Right. Um, so they know that this game could be the difference between them staying at the crib all year or having to go out west. Yeah, we're going to need to see more from the Broncos in this game than they've shown recently. Uh, I mean, I guess they beat the Jaguars, but I don't know I don't know if that's something to necessarily be bragging about. But they're 1-2 and two in their last three, um, but they have a good history against the Patriots, like we talked about. So plenty to look for on Sunday, 2 225 kickoff. Mile High Stadium. We're going to still call it Mile High Stadium. Uh, but uh, for Cameron Wolf from Nick Grug, this is the first and orange podcast at the Denver Post. Thanks, y'all.